This podcast is supported by the Tan Chin Tuan Chinese Culture and Civilization Program. Hello, James Jack with you. This is Yale and U.S. College Artist-in-Residence podcast. Thank you for joining us in a series of conversations with artists residing in Singapore for one semester to focus on creative research and artistic process currently occurring in Southeast Asia. In this podcast, we sit down with the artists just before the end of their residency to reflect on their experiences. There is a wave that weaves through the practice of all the artists. It is a wet wave of archipelagic consciousness. That is why I'm thinking of this residency as an archipelagic AIR in Singapore. Here, AIR, as in Ayer, Bahasa Malayu, is a wetness that permeates our bodies along with the air we breathe. We hold art central in the culture of liberal arts to explore the impact creative practice has on the world today. Collaborative frameworks, the importance of limitations, and echo chambers. In this episode, artist-in-residence Chun Sai Hua Kwan discusses his process of dismantling a watch, creative hoarding, and working with the lubricant of language. I am here to share the second episode in the Archipelagic AIR series. In the first episode, I shared the larger vision for this AIR established at Yale NUS Liberal Arts College in Southeast Asia so we'll only mention briefly the aims this time. This residency is about engaging with sociocultural worlds in Singapore today through artistic perspectives. By inhabiting a different space, artists and residents not only reflect, but also challenge, critique, and re-envision the worlds we inhabit. Each artist engages in wet time that continues beyond their dwelling in Singapore to rediscover relationships between islands. The diverse experiences of artists while in residence will continue to blossom into artworks, collaborative projects, and impactful research for many years to come after their residency. Sai has been in residence with us for the second half of 2020. He is a Singaporean artist working with movement, craft, and chance as integral parts of his practice. His artworks are enthusiastic, working with playful concepts to revive our consciousness of the resonances which lie in the earth, often with upcycled materials that resensitize our bodies to feel overlooked stories. His residence has been one of quiet pause as most of us work in or near our homes amidst the pandemic. Instead of becoming remorseful when not able to meet in person, travel for an exhibition in Korea, or drive to Malaysia, Sai has transformed this period into a time for investigating his own ancestral roots from Hainan, China, and their migration story through Indonesia, Malaysia, and right here in Ang Mo Kio neighborhood of Singapore. Today we are reducing toxicity with the vaccine of creativity. For this conversation, we have invited guest Mark Gluda. 
Mark is a curator, critic, and scholar specializing in film studies who completed a PhD at Free University in Berlin and was a visiting research fellow at the NTU Center for Contemporary Art in Singapore before becoming co-director of the MA in Museum Studies and Curatorial Practices at the School of Art, Design, and Media at Nanyang Technological University. He recently curated a film program at A-plus Works of Art in Kuala Lumpur and the online film program Speaking, Thinking, Nearby, and is involved with the exhibition Progressive Disintegrations, currently open at Objective Center for Photography and Film in Singapore. Welcome, Mark and Sai. Thank you, James. And um, thanks to Yale NUS College and the Artisan Residency Program for having us, uh, myself and Sai here, and giving us the opportunity to talk a bit about Sai's art practice and uh, thinking about what he has been doing over the last month here in this residency and to speak a bit more about his practice as an artist over the last years uh, and to give our listeners a bit more of an insight of what you have been doing and um, to uh, speak about maybe our most more recent conditions that have informed your practice, have had an impact on your practice, what you were working on during this residency. But uh, maybe as a starting point, uh, it's good to give our uh, listeners a bit more information about what you have been doing. More general of my own practice is kind of like very interesting because um, I, I travel from sculpture to sound to video to video installation to wide range, wide range of material, a lot of material making. When, when I, honestly, when I first came here, I was excited, really, really excited um, what's going on because whenever new things happen, I'm scared. Um, I'm always that way. I'm, I'm scared of new things. But then I, I'm excited with new things. So I remember one time I was in the library. I was in the library doing setting up for the show in the library. And there's once, I think it's Stan from... Um, assistant prof professor from from the chemistry like chemistry side yeah so he went he came to me what's this I was like um okay it's a piece of work it's a piece of artwork um it's it's a theater that I I did a it I did um a sculpture on a theater how it's work it's like a camera obscure thing and. And he, he came out here, we, we were like talking and talking and talking. He just said, come to my lab, <laughs> straight away. I was like, uh, okay. And then we just went to his lab. And then he talked about colors. He talked about how color saturation, um, how to actually absorb colors and what's the difference between that. Um, talk about all his scientific research. And I think that's that's like interesting experience of how interdisciplinary, Excited by excited by another creative person, mm. I would say. I, I would say that um scientists itself are really problem solver. It's just like an artist. It's just like any creative people. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, of course, spaces uh, impact the way how you 
work mm. in a way like directly on the works but also how you present works mm. uh, so and so far questions of of course of course of cultural impact like you know play a certain role um, would you see that here in Singapore and like you know working with different communities the, the Chinese cultural community like you know is that a certain impact that you see for yourself uh, like yeah. you know that uh, comes back uh, in your work continuously yes um uh, uh, maybe it, it's just personal experience when mm. i when i came back from um there was like nine years ago mm -hmm. i need to be returning from London. uk yeah 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 so i need to climatize myself again mm. because i don't get used back home it's weird because this is home but i need to climatize myself back home mm -hmm. So when I go to another new space, I need to climatize myself again for <laughs> half a year. So, so I I don't know. Um, do everyone do that? But it did for me. I I feel really noisy. I can't stand certain thing. Mm. But then now I'm immune to everything. Mm. I get used to it. Like I enjoy every single what's over here. Mm -hmm. So I think human are really amazing mm. in climatizing <laughs> what we have around here. Mm. So come back to a question of what impact like during it impacts like for me I went it's it's all about experience. I went over to this space called um in China and I started to speak the dialect of my uh, I started to speak my dialect to them and they find that my dialect in Singapore is much more older than what they are speaking in China mm. it it really really surprised me mm -hmm. so we did a research on that we are talking about it um, and they were saying yeah because China is China they evolve they, they sort of like they move forward mm -hmm. but what whoever actually came from came out of China during way before the World War II or anything they maintain that tradition of what it is in the 1940s mm -hmm. or 1930s so mm -hmm. that's what my grandpa did mm -hmm. um, the, the, the kind of like dialect that we speak here is older than in China mm -hmm. so we maintain certain culture which China don't at this even yeah. very moment yeah. so is, is that kind of crossing make me sparkle yeah we are older than China mm. we did not evolve like the Indian don't evolve in Singapore that much as they do in India too mm. so so that that create a very interesting that well dynamic for me almost like a time capsule yeah it's somehow. like a time capsule <laughs> like my my aunt my aunt is herself is an opera singer mm -hmm. for Hainanese opera singer mm -hmm. so she herself will have that kind of like that time capsule of that Hainan opera is that mm -hmm. so for me I don't even understand Hainan mm -hmm. opera singing mm -hmm. um, because my dad don't even understand mm -hmm. his dialect is more profound than me mm -hmm. so what happens to me is when I listen to it I was like I only catch like 5 to 10% of what they are talking about mm -hmm. and then you have to go like listening for it for one hour and you start to oh yeah that is the phrase oh yeah mm -hmm. that's the story oh mm -hmm. so suddenly that things sparkle mm -hmm. so it's, it's kind of like really interesting to me mm -hmm. so it's like about climatizing mm -hmm. for one hour mm -hmm. before my, my gear can work mm 
I have yeah. to lubricate, uh, put a lot of lubricant to it mm-hmm. to actually for it to move. Yeah. Um, like I, I learned Italian in a small little village because we did a project there, mm. um, some ideas and the curator, we do not have money. So the curator housed me with her grandma, his grandma for one week plus the two. And it's only me and a grandma. Mm. So grandma don't speak English, don't speak Chinese. She only speak Italian. So we were like, um, we are using sign language to communicate. Um, <laughs> then she speak of uh, a bit of Italian and a week plus later, I suddenly know how to speak Italian. I don't understand why, mm. but then it's maybe she taught me a bit and then we, and my friend came by. Now you understand Italian mm. and things just click into gear for language for me. One other thing that is also, of course, part of this residency program is uh, also teaching a seminar. Uh, you were teaching a seminar this semester. Can you can you speak a bit about what what you taught, what your topic was, what how the students were responding, what was your experience? Can you can you let us know about this a bit more? <laughs> It was really really interesting when you t- when when you ask ask this question because um, what happened was. When when I started to propose and wrote in um and when I planned for it, it was for kinetic movement sculptures. For the first half, whenever I start to show something, mm. students start to oh that is what he wants and that is what we are going to make. Mm-hmm. And I was like I was depressed. <laughs> I was depressed looking at that. So what I would say, after that I literally delete half of the my material of or some lesson i don't even have a material over there mm-hmm. okay let's make something mm-hmm. and they create amazing amazing work out of my expectation mm-hmm. they, they started to propose something out of the world for me for themselves for the arts mm-hmm. for everything mm-hmm. i think f- to me is not giving them a set of instruction or not even telling them what to do let them <coughs> try to push their own boundary mm-hmm. is quite amazing just yeah. telling them okay this is the set of things you have to hand in da, da, da. then it becomes like um no oh okay i just need this requirement to to get through it mm. so that is my experience mm. so they are amazing i'll call it young people they are amazing um something that i don't know There's a lot of things that I don't know when I start to teach there. Um, like they were talking about Kinex, they were talking about which, no, I'm a maker, mm. I'm a gear maker, I'm a, I'm a sculptor, I'm an artist, I'm an installation artist. I can do with that. Um, but that is out of my league. I'll say, yeah, sure, why not do it? And she herself actually go on to learn, develop her own ideas and work towards that. Hmm. So I think that is the most important part of being a student and not tell, be, not because that I don't know and say no. Hmm. But they should they should take the lead itself because hmm. they are students. Hmm. They are they are the younger creative minds. Hmm. I think which is much well important hmm. much more important than the older one. Hmm. Which we were, we, we already got a set of pigeon holes. So I don't want to trap them onto any mm. pigeons hole, mm. which they are they are really brilliant on that mm. part. What happens was when I start to teach, I, I got a specific instruction, da, 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 
And until I think halfway through the semester, I would say, I would throw away all my material. Mm-hmm. I, I think skip is a very important thing to me. The skip itself is a rubbish bin. I, I always go around to skips to, to look. It's not on purpose, but I'll just glance through the skip to see what material is there to throw. Um, and start to work with that. Um, not to work, but something interesting, I'll bring it back. Because recently I've done an exhibition in Seoul, I think two months ago. Um, that particular material I have kept for two years. I pick it up, the skip. Um, two years ago, I find interesting. There is a potential in something. I will just keep it in my studio. Mm. So um, people will always say that I'm a hoarder. But I would say I'm a creative hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep a lot of things. Um, and I don't know when it will happen. Like um, most of the stuff that I had, that I worked with, it could be from four years ago. I got mm-hmm. this idea and then I work it through halfway. I'll throw it aside. No, it's not working. And I'll go to the next one. Then sometimes again, I'll come back again. So even for film itself, mm-hmm. um, I remember my first film. I shot that was in my my first film was shot in 2007 I remember very clearly mm-hmm. um, what happened was I shot it I kept it in my hard disk and forgot about it mm. <laughs> and literally that was what happened and I gone through that one year um, in Oxford and one fine day I knew to do clearing of my hard disk I don't have enough space I was like click on this hey I got this yeah, I remember. And I start to edit it. I start to work with it. Um, and that's how my first film came about. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, um, I would say chance and not chance. Mm-hmm. I literally work with it, but then I'll forget about it. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's me. I, I, I just forget about things sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting because yeah. uh, often when we when we speak with artists, like uh, they're having a specific topic or a specific thing that they work through, and the choice of material is related to the theme, and they they find their their material at a certain point. It seems to me like you know this this is completely the other way around with you. The material finds its time, mm. so you have that material that accumulates in your studio, and it was really nice having the chance to see you in your studio mm. uh, which is when I was there it was uh, this kind of fascinating thing it was a bit of a wunderkammer like this kind of <laughs> cabinet of curiosities on one side but then on the other side it's very systematic it is very ordered it's something very strongly like you know indicating that this is not random Mm. This is very clearly organized and there is this kind of as you said there is this chance of a playful wonder f- wonder uh, experience of wonders at mm. the same time there is something very organized almost scientifically organized in your <laughs> studio that seems to be two two sides of your artistic practice in a way mm. I actually needed that because um when you collect too much things you don't remember where they are mm. so um I have to pigeonhole I, I don't really like the word pigeonhole but I have to really pigeonhole my my ideas, my ideas where it has to go to. Um, and then I have to retrieve it out sometime because my brain is that big. Um, I know human have not optimized to 100%, but I don't think I've optimized my to even 5%. <laughs> um, 
so so I need to know where my things is mm -hmm. in order to get it out to at this point of time I really got the mood to actually work with that particular things mm -hmm. um, that particular ideas so I'll just retrieve it out I'll make small little thing and then cap in boxes and then just put it aside mm -hmm. and I'll just go again um, maybe three months later so it's it's kind of like um, people will say that weird but um, for for some people I've seen people who actually work with certain projects and have to complete it and then move on to the next mm -hmm. one yeah but I can't. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always working with this a little bit, working with that a little bit, and then, hey, I thought of the last one and I started to work, go back to the last one. Mm -hmm. Okay, I gain momentum. I'll be working with it constantly until I get stuck again. Mm -hmm. So I need something else to actually, I think, trigger something mm -hmm. for me to think again because sometimes we are blocked. So uh, being being here at the Artists in Residence program at uh, Yale NUS, uh, it's uh, ongoing now for you since August. Can you can you speak a bit about all the works that you have produced during that period uh, and uh, like maybe the titles, maybe like you know what your process was or what your or how diverse they were, or what you have been looking at specifically in that time period. Mm. During the well, this during this period, um, not only on the film, um, but I'm making a few sculpture itself. Um, one of them, uh, Chitter Chatter, too. Um, and then I'm making a lot of. I'm actually doing some prototype. I call it prototype because I'm playing with materials, um, to try out on sound. It's like the echo chamber. So I'm working a lot on echo chamber itself, um, on experiment on echo chamber. So on material, how to reflect and bounce sound mm -hmm. to the exact same spot for myself. Mm -hmm. So that is like an ongoing process always. So taking reflectors, taking lasers to play around with the, the, the work itself. So um, creating small models, creating bigger models, to using bots to play with that so um that is an ongoing process mm -hmm. um then for the work and soul itself um it was it was shown in this media art festival in Seoul it was supposed to show in Jordan too but Jordan show was cancelled again of COVID mm -hmm. um but the Seoul one it was like they were saying okay let's go with it so all of us have to send the work there mm -hmm. I pre actually presented two work in, in the media festival mm -hmm. one is space drawing and one is the cheetah chatter so we have to just send and create the work there and everything was have to be handmade have to make to customize to precise like there is a certain um, instruction like IKEA, I would say, because I can't fly. I, I don't want to be quarantined 14 days there mm. and 14, 14 days back here. So I, I did an instruction like IKEA. Step one, take the box out. Step <laughs> two, um, unscrew two, two. <laughs> step three. So it was like um, a, a very interesting process. Mm. I do instruction before, but not so detailed. Mm. 
because of that, I have to do it really, really in detail in every instruction. Um, it's it's nice that you have already mentioned your aunt because, like, of course, uh, your aunt, the opera singer, uh, mm -hmm. is also something that is very important for the time that you have spent here at Yale mm. US uh, in the artist in residence program and it developed into a very specific project for for yourself maybe mm. you can speak a bit about like that for that project that new project and mm. what you're interested in and how you approach that mm. for me that was like um because all, all I understand is my aunt is my aunt We never know what her profession is. That was back years ago. Um, we know, okay, she's always traveling to different part of the country, Malaysia, Thailand. She used to sing in Singapore quite a lot, but we don't know her job. Mm. We, we know nothing about her job as a kid. Mm. So when I grew older, I think, I think we, I start to, yeah, maybe can I follow her? Mm for one trip or two, mm. you know, just, just to understand what she's doing. Because um, I, I went to my cousin's workplace. Um, she, mm. she got a paper factory, that kind of thing, selling paper. And I was like, yeah, how about my aunt? Um, something that is very deeply rooted because mm. it's, she's the oldest aunt. Mm. That we, 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 it's like Taku. That means that mm. th the title of the mm. work is mm. called Taku. Anyway, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's my Taku in Chinese Chinese form is actually my eldest auntie. My grandpa is like the grandmaster that taught how to sing Hainanese opera. Mm -hmm. So she's like the last disciple. Mm -hmm. So we are sort of, okay, I will go with her mm -hmm. to understand what it is. Um, so we went over there There's not much instrument, honestly, only eight of them for for the for the for the opera. And mostly they use a lot of language. Mm -hmm. So language becomes one of the most important things. Mm -hmm. It's called Chiong Si, so it's like very local thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a very local um um it, it starts from local, it's not like Beijing Da Si, like the, the grand it's very grand. Opera, but it's a very um, I would say um, start from small village mm -hmm. because Hainan itself is a one of the smallest city in China mm -hmm. and most southern. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. so it's warm, I would mm -hmm. say. So at that period of time when they travel down southwards to Southeast Asia, mm -hmm. um, they bring along everything. Mm -hmm. They bring along everything. Mm -hmm. So during that time as an opera singer, it's like a pop singer now. Mm. Like, they'll carry banners. Oh, <laughs> this, 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 this particular people are coming to town, that mm. kind of thing. So, it was so popular. Mm -hmm. But, it's slowly, I think in most of the culture, same thing. Mm. Things, things die down, things pop up, that kind of thing. Mm. So, to me, that was like few, many years back when I get interested in mm. what she's working on. Mm. So, so from the visual aspect of the clothes itself, um, how they are wearing it, how they are working with it. So from a very documentary point of view mm -hmm. and from a very personal point of view, I would say, mm -hmm. um, because she's, she's attached and not attached. Mm -hmm. 
Um, that will be my question, like in relation to yeah. also uh, your other practice that we spoke about earlier. Uh, mm. That is a very specific frame for work when it's so personal, when it's so f involving family. Mm. That often has the tendency to become nostalgic or like you know, yes. it's a very tricky, <laughs> yes. very slippery slope uh, yep. to to walk along. So how how was that different when things are so uploaded with? Uh, uh, something that is so private to a certain point. Uh, mm. These family questions that come to the surface, like, you know, digging deeper into this. And how was it different for you to work through these layers? I I actually try to drift myself out as an outsider mm. rather than an insider when mm. I start to shoot. Mm. So that is like um, to maintain certain, I don't know, It is a very interesting question because I, I try to maintain a certain distance and not when I shoot because I'll I'll, I'll start to see something. Hey, Taku is someone that I want to mm -hmm. shoot, you know. Mm -hmm. But then, as a troop itself, mm -hmm. I think that is that is the G's. It mm -hmm. need a group itself. It's a group. Mm -hmm. Opera is not a solo singer. Mm -hmm. Opera they 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 split into male female. Um, I think the crown. Oh, I can't remember the other one, but that there, there is like all the character makes this whole story. Mm -hmm. It's like a community. Mm -hmm. So to them, they now they 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 gather like once a year, mm -hmm. but I don't think COVID can yeah really do that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about next year. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know about the year before. Um, so things have to evolve again. Yeah. Maybe that is a good point. Maybe, uh, maybe that's a good point to give our listeners a chance to hear some uh, excerpt from your latest work. Uh, we will hear this sound recording that is connected to the opera that you are working on at this moment. Thank you. 
So that that's very interesting. Can you can you explain a bit what we were just hearing and what was was this? Um, yeah, um, what everyone has just listened was the tuning of um, four different kind of instrument. Um, itself is a erhu and there's like a pipa, but it's actually not pipa. It's in its sound, there's only three strings over there. So um, behind there's also a D and um, it's, it's combined with a harmonica, which is kind of like interesting to actually see how they actually synchronize in tune how, yeah. how were you proceeding with this process during like you know the last few months because like you know of course we all know what kind of impact covid had yeah definitely for, uh, all of us so uh and when this kind of exchange like you know with mm. like you know part of the family that is abroad you know, some parts on zoom how did that change like you know for instance the 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 exchange between this when you are not there in person because that of all of these things have an mm. impact on how the ultimate like the result in the end will look like uh, how how mm. do conversations change that we are having that are important for exactly that process when we are like you know only online how how was that like this well i got a bit luckier i would say last few months you still can go out mm. not like the circuit breaker mm. Mm. So circuit breaker is like a mm. no-no even to go out, mm. even to call her. Well, call her, of course. But you can't even... I can't even visit my mom mm. during circuit breaker. That's mm. that's one of the hardest things. Mm. So even my mom want to visit her, no. So yeah. when things came better, I think, um, well, we can move. Mm. We can move around doing that. Um, but not in a very huge scale form. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the thing. Else with Zoom, um, older people are not good with technology. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. Telephone is always the best. Yeah, yeah. So that's the that's a very niche thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Zoom are okay with me. I start to learn it when mm. when the end of I think the circuit breaker. Mm. But right now, um, my mom don't even know how to use Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that's a very interesting thing when we have to adapt to the situation that, for instance, an older generation that is quite important for your work now mm, um, yeah. is not using Zoom or is uh, where we have to rely uh, then yeah. on a different medium and maybe coming back to the telephone and mm. the pure audio file. Yeah. Um, and maybe that has a different impact also on how you think about something that we usually think about quite visually like for mm. instance as opera is usually something that yep. we think through and, and of course we have now some other impact in this work that where we like you know it's part documentary and have uh, uh, someone who lived the opera and we hear mm. her story to a certain point uh, 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 and that audio file then adds on and mm. makes us think about like you know this kind of envisioning something and imagining something yeah because i think like you know this is something to to reflect it's mm. important to reflect that like when we see of course the the final product uh, mm. of your 
works uh, or your uh, your process then it has a certain form but what we don't maybe consider anymore is the conditions mm. under which a certain work has been made mm. and in i think our time now at this moment covid has a very severe impact on how we think how we reflect how we mm. like you know present something like you know what we want to address mm. um definitely because um i i think this this period of time mm. everything is restricted mm. it's definitely restricted um even to travel um mm. even to set up a lot of things to 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 actually go travel to malaysia mm. um shows are cancelled mm-hmm. um for me for me personally um everything has gone digital mm-hmm. um we can only send work over mm-hmm. we can only send things over we can only record things mm-hmm. like um digitally i would say mm-hmm. um we try our best to actually work around it by not breaking the rules mm-hmm. like we still have our exhibition now mm-hmm. um because we we do have spaces um mm-hmm. we still have but then everything is restricted. Mm-hmm. Okay, please come to see the physical shows, that's about mm-hmm. it. Um photograph documentations, but we do not have that. Mm-hmm. We did not do any any of the recordings before that. Yeah, much. We we document our works, mm-hmm. but we don't record mm-hmm. to put online. So everything we go online now. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like it's a new norm. It's a new norm. Um, still getting used to it. There's mm. actually more jobs behind it, mm. more work goings behind it. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe also new forms and yeah, uh, that yeah. that are the outcome. And in that way, I think when we met uh, a few weeks ago and in your studio, you were mentioning that specifically in the early years when you started, like you know, your work as an artist, and like you know, when you were um, at the academy and Uh, there was one thing that was limiting you was, for instance, also not having access to materials mm. in which, mm. like, you know, I th- think like sometimes exactly it is about these challenges to not have the material, material. that, you know, you can afford, for instance, or yeah. to to not have access in this case now a different form. But like, you know, there is a certain kind of limitation that seems to like, you know, it's almost like as you have described it earlier, this kind of that is actually the thing that challenges you even more to come up with a solution and finding a form yep. that seems to be a kind of you continuous everything. Exactly. Out. Yeah. This moment where you like, you know, find a certain point mm. of resistance mm. that triggers your awareness and yep. like you know ask of you to find a aesthetic solution for something and actually it is a kind of mo- almost a motivator seems seems to me it's a huge challenge <laughs> i have to say always yeah. because mm. because when there's a question yeah. um you're trying always to find the answer yeah but it may not be the answer that it may be when you're looking for it may be another question popping out so that the challenge you have to tweak along the way always um is a never ending i would say never ending challenge maybe mm-hmm. but then we need to know where to stop mm-hmm. but that stopping line is not stopping yet mm-hmm. so it's just tweaking or around mm-hmm. the way like we are having a conversation now um mm-hmm. and that that actually bring me a lot of thoughts how to actually in incorporate conversations mm-hmm. 
into the strips and everything. So yeah. so it, it actually triggers something right at this moment, mm-hmm. which, yeah. yeah, I think that's that's about that yeah. on this. Yeah. So the form the form that you you mentioned now that mm. like now this this work specifically will be a certain filmic work. Mm. Um, what 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 do we imagine? Is it uh, something like you know a single screen projection? Is it more an installational work? Um, I want to do it on a single screen um mm. projection documentary whatever. Then I drift back again. No, um, and then I wanted to do it on a dual screen, mm-hmm. um, installation, um, working with a lot of different props. But then I drift back again. Mm-hmm. Um, it works now quite well on a three screen. Um, mm-hmm. with props or not, with works or not, I don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So, I I was just thinking whether should I do it dual or three because it acts as a dialogue mm-hmm. rather than it's a documentary. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm not a documentary director. Mm-hmm. So, um, I can be. I'm not saying I can't be. Mm-hmm. I can be, but, um, at the moment is three, but I'm scaling it back to two. Mm-hmm. So there is a a lot of jumping forward. Mm-hmm. So like now we just had a conversation on adding phone calls. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking about how to use that phone call mm-hmm. inside the work itself. Mm-hmm. So, mm. so it it just wanted intrigue means on working on this point, mm-hmm. yeah. That's so nice. there's a lot of resh- reshooting maybe on that point, and then just to record that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I I'm just working on that now mm-hmm. in my brain. Mm-hmm. How how is how has that changed your perception of not only your aunt but of opera? Oh, that's a lot. That's a lot. Um. Because I've seen Teochew opera, I understand Teochew opera. I understand more Cantonese. Um, formerly I didn't see my own language. I'm a Hainanese, mm-hmm. so I don't see Hainan opera before mm-hmm. bef- before before that until my auntie showed me. Um, so Hainan opera is more of a. It's an act, it's a performance, but it's it is, it is a history piece of history. Of what it is at that moment, when they prepare the scripts, um, they actually memorize like all actor do. It's like pages of scripts and scripts, and sometimes they add in their extra words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that's that's kind of like the mm-hmm. most interesting part. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's not wide elaborated, but then it's very localized. Localized, not saying that it's Singapore, mm-hmm. but it's very Chinese at that mm-hmm. period of time. It's very Hainanese at that period of time, yeah. Because Hainanese opera compared to other operas is a bit more simple. The mm-hmm. mus- even the instrument itself. There's a, there's another frame in which you also collaborate, which is not only an artistic practice, but more of a curatorial or like a kind of uh, art space practice that you're also involved in together with your wife yeah it's a space called comma mm-hmm. comma space mm. um, maybe you can talk about collaboration or what your interest like you know apart from producing works is mm. is with this space which is something I think at this moment quite relevant for Singapore also to have independent art spaces and to show other works but maybe you can Speak a bit about this. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. 
well, idea or like what informs this idea? Why why did you found that place uh, or like you know? Uh, we started? we had that space in general. That was like last year. Mm. We started with we started off saying okay, we have um, we have a studio space um, right there, and we were saying okay, um, l- let's segment out and then, um, do some good shows, do some. Um, invite some artists in to experiment certain things that um the artists have in brain or in mind. Um, doing ten different works at one solo show is like crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 as an artist we know we have to prep for a year, you know, mm-hmm. to 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 work with it. So, how about just do one good work, just mm-hmm. one work that the artist wanted to just trial out or to make sure that it can actually works. Um and h- how about that? So mm-hmm. we we came out with the idea of one work at one time, at one month. So be- that that was way before COVID this COVID nineteen came about. Um, so we we had this on just one work in a space. It's not huge space. One is good enough. And we're back to the question of <laughs> how important is limitation? <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. It is because that that is like. Um, some artists came in wanted to have saying that oh I wanted to have four all four walls and then um hanging this sculpture that we we we, we, we talk about that before we say one work embrace the work mm-hmm. so people come in just to see one work mm-hmm. and we we are challenging mounting who will travel all the way there to see just one work and we are saying yeah why not and then suddenly out of the blue both of us say. Hey, comma sounds nice. We are connecting things. Mm-hmm. It's a sentence in between to connect people, mm-hmm. to connect artwork, connect the world. Mm-hmm. So we can let's call our space connect comma space. Mm-hmm. Change the name, mm-hmm. and we decided like straight away, mm-hmm. and we we really like that. Mm-hmm. So um, we were not even confident in our own space, mm-hmm. um, let alone other people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started the first show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's it's quite convenient on that. So mm-hmm. I start this first show. So then we we came in with the second one, um, with Michael and then Johan, Hui Xian, James Jack, um, Yu Tong, Bu Ziyang, and, and and the show started to goes on. Mm-hmm. Three months later, COVID hit. Mm-hmm. We were closed for a few months. We were so scared to reopen it. It's the same thing like I'm, I'm going out to do anything. Mm. Okay, we are scared to reopen it. And we say, okay, we have to start to do it now. Mm. Let's do it. Don't think about that. Limit limit people to come in. Let the artist work. See who will come in to work, mm. um, to see the show. To our surprise, mm-hmm. it was we were overwhelmed by the Saturday, Sundays people. Mm. Um, we didn't have a break at all. Again, like the limitation becomes a certain challenge, not to only the artist or the makers of the institution, but also to our understanding of how should art be presented, how should art institutions work, how can we reflect about like you know what mm. art like you know what are the processes connected to art? Because uh, way too often we we get too used to a certain kind of museum practice, gallery mm. practice, even like you know, it seems to me that the independent art space practice is 
has turned into a certain kind of cliche frame that is looking similarly uh, <laughs> similar and um, repeating its own strategies, limiting, for instance, like you know, to one work, to one mm. small space, is actually that. And like maybe also like saying like, I need to change the frame of the, the time scheduling, like to say that this exhibition will only be open for one week. Mm. Mm. Maybe sometimes even one weekend, mm. and then maybe like a you know, reaction could be that is that's ridiculous. It's way too short. Why open or something? But at the same time, why keep it longer? Sometimes this could be a good question back to mm. those who to plea for that because at that moment you are, as you say, like you know, not a selling gallery that waits for customers to come in and maybe buy that work. Mm. So if and and push an audience to a point where they have to take a decision to mm. come mm. and also say it's okay if i missed that yep <laughs> which is something like you know that we are getting very stressed out by like you know saying yes. like oh i didn't see this and well it happens we miss a lot of things like you know mm. so many things happening at the same time and and to be more at peace with that to say like well okay it's that okay. happens but maybe then next time i try to see it again and make an effort and mm. like you know not take it in that way for granted i think like you know this is something mm. uh, that could be an interesting uh, like you know mm. question that comes out of time space limitations that you seem to be interested in mm. to to us we 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 always said um it depends on the artist too mm -hmm. because it, it doesn't solely depends on us mm -hmm. I, I think it's both mm -hmm. like some artists will um when we we discuss with the artist the artist will say hey we needed this this time frame we needed a longer one we need a shorter one mm -hmm. so so i i think it's as a space itself mm -hmm. i think working collaborating with artists is mm. is important so because itself is a space is not just about the space it's about the artist and what can helps to actually both going hand in hand mm. to actually helps the artist or help us or help everyone as a community small little community to explore a little mm. bit more mm -hmm. for the artist I, I think everyone got his own agenda but Interesting, interestingly, both of us, when we started off, we got no agenda. Mm. So to us, we wanted to create something to connect. Mm. That's, that's, that's the very fundamental of the space. Mm. So trying to keep it as pure as possible, mm. it's not easy. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's our, our really our point. So mm. we, 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 we were like, so we act as like a collaborator rather than no we have to sell things no we cannot sell things mm. there is no no to no <laughs> so that's our <laughs> our takes for 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 the space itself mm. um it's always up for discussion mm. it's always up to negotiate mm. so that's the beauty part about the space itself mm -hmm. of course the backyard is my studio mm -hmm. um it helps helps to work around I would say like sometimes I'm like water. We work around questions. I I I maneuver around quite a lot with things. I was I will use the material itself mm -hmm. to understand it to before I work with it. Um that's that's I think that's that's one beautiful part being a material guy. Mm -hmm. 
because um it can sit there for two years, three years before I actually work with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it is a luxury of time. It's a, it is a luxury mm-hmm. of space to have all this. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, I I see it as how I want the artwork to be with the collaborators. I. I don't see any much difference on that mm. point. There's also something what I was I found very intriguing when I was thinking about opera because uh, it is a very, very strict form, a very like you know defined form in mm. a certain way. But then still, like you know, of course, you have individual actors who mm. interpret these very strict convention in in this very strict conventions, mm. and it seems to me that there is something. Apart from the fact that your aunt is the, in the center of attention, that there is also something connected to your own practice, because mm-hmm. when we, when I said that in the beginning, there is when when you are in your studio, there mm-hmm. is this wunderkammer momentum, where it's like yeah. you know something like you know you can go in all directions, but there is something very strict as well. This kind of momentum of control mm-hmm. and playfulness mm-hmm. again. Uh, so how much control and how much playfulness is allow- allowed in this kind of context. And I think that is uh, something that I found intriguing when I was thinking about mm. you dealing with this now, mm. with your own practice and exactly being between these two dynamics, how much control, how much expression. And do you find that in a, in a, in a way? I, I think <laughs> it's a very good question yeah. because control itself, right? I like to control things. I need to know what what I can work with um, within a certain boundary. But then I like to go wow. Mm-hmm. I, I like to go wow first, really wow, and not knowing where I can go to. Mm-hmm. I remember during my... When I'm 18 years old, mm-hmm. I like to do this thing. I'll take a bus, go all the way until the next terminal, and I'll... I don't know why I do it. I'll drop the bus. I'll go and take another bus to the next terminal. Mm-hmm. And I'll go... Singapore is small. Mm-hmm. So um, when mm-hmm. you got a concession card, it's cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just tap, <laughs> you go out, you pay, you go. And then... um, And then... Uh, I don't know where I want to go at that time. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm lost. I don't know. But I just take a bus all the way from one of the terminal to the other terminal. Mm-hmm and see what is this and then I'll say okay time to go home we don't have GPS at that time mm. we only can ask around the bus driver how to go home um, I need to go to this place blah blah mm. blah but then I I took a bus without desti- with destination but without knowing where I want to go mm-hmm. so that is like where I am now I like to take a bus I do a recordings I do something and I collect a lot and I start to play with okay the sound and music I work together so I, I pigeonhole things mm-hmm. I, I start to mix things together and I start to work with it that way mm-hmm. so that is like I'm open full wide mm-hmm. and then closing bit by bit mm-hmm. and suddenly you tell me something just now I'm suddenly opening up again mm-hmm. to actually work with that mm-hmm. so so I I would not say no mm-hmm. but when something intrigues me, um, I will just s- open it up mm-hmm. and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Creative, uh, mm. ac- accept or like you know realize what certain structures are that we are not acknowledging otherwise. 
or like sometimes what are the structures that we take for granted and don't reflect that should mm -hmm. like you know shape our perceptions and mm. with that um yeah thank you thank you for for like you know letting us participate in like your artistic practice in general about like what you have been doing over the last few months here at this residency at Yale and US okay. and uh, thanks for sharing all these insights in in your work thank you very much thanks Mark and Sai for this meaningful conversation today we learned about collaborative frameworks overseas Chinese culture and echo chambers. We heard about alternative art centers as quote, spaces that are not just space, but communities, which serve a vital function during the tumultuous year of 2020. Within, inside of, above, and around limitations, we have discovered there is no no to no, as Sai mentions. In this episode, we are reminded of the power of saying yes to imaginative investigations together with artists long into the future. Our episode will continue with artist-in-residence Beatrice Glow, who has just arrived in Singapore and will be working with Aroma as the basis for alternate realities of migration to be released in mid-2021. Thank you for joining us on the Yale NUS AIR program podcast. This series of conversations with artists residing in Singapore for one semester focuses on artistic process and research currently occurring in Southeast Asia. The podcast reflects upon community dialogues, scholarly conversations, and radical questions that arise during each artist's residency. Artists embrace uncertainty and channel it into creative works. Artists reimagine the world as we have conceived of it thus far towards a more informed, colorful, and empathetic future. The aims of nurturing artistic process, stimulating community, criticality, dialogue, and creativity are center stage. This AIR stimulates students, faculty, staff, and community members to engage with artists as living, breathing members of the woven tapestry of this place we inhabit. Art can be seen increasingly in the present tense, thanks to this AIR program. The arts in liberal arts is truly alive through long engagements with international and local artists committed to alternative visions. Artists share their rigorous curiosity while actively working indoors and outdoors, in public and in private, in common spaces and online. Stay tuned for more dialogue where insights are found through artistic thinking. This is AIR director James Jack saying goodbye until next time. This podcast is supported by the Tan Chin Tuan Chinese Culture and Civilization Program. You have been listening to the Yale and U.S. College Artists in Residence Podcast. I'm Alexis Chen, Selection Committee Member, Student, and Designer. <laughs>